This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. There is a space between reality and fantasy. Between light and dark. Between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is a wonderfully diabolical tale called Wisdom. Come closer now. I don't bite. (laughs) The day was made uncomfortable by the heat. Several men and women stood around uncomfortably, and stared at each other, exhausted by the day, even though it was not yet noon. A large man in a dark suit was surrounded by the small crowd. He spoke in a loud, boisterous voice, while perspiration ran down his forehead and neck, glistening in the sun. Despite the oppressive heat, the man refused to remove the suit jacket he was wearing. Everyone in the crowd looked at him with admiration, nodding and fanning themselves impatiently in the wet July heat. It is my honor. No, a privilege, really, the man said with emotion. To extend the gratitude of this town to these fine and valuable members of our community. The heads in the crowd nodded in agreement, pushing around the stale air with their fans and whispering in hushed tones. The speaker went on, unbuttoning the top button of his summer suit with a quick movement of his hand. Rotary Club of Melrose, D'Angelo the Barber, And, of course, Dr. Carute, our dentist. Thank you, thank all of you and and your businesses and organizations for the support you had shown to our soon-to-be-winning Little League team. The man paused and took out a white handkerchief with which he wiped the perspiration that threatened to pour into his eyes. He smiled and looked around at the faces looking up at him with some satisfaction. Maybe this time we can make the finals, or better still, win the whole Galdon thing! Come on! The crowd erupted in a loud cheer as the man clapped and nodded his head. Several men and women behind him also nodded and clapped, beaming with wide smiles. Presumably those were the donors, because now the man in the suit turned back to them, still clapping and nodding with enthusiasm, A moment later, the loud cheering died, and the crowd, satisfied with their support, started to disperse. The man in the suit approached one of the donors, a tall, slight man 
whose bald head shined in the sun as if polished. Dr. Karut, I, I hope you don't have plans for lunch. I'd love to get your opinion on something. Dr. Karut adjusted his heavy glasses and smiled, revealing a row of uneven teeth. Should we go to Ben's? I always enjoy it over there. There are no surprises. The man in the suit finally gave in and unbuttoned his jacket all the way. We'll have to sit inside. I cannot deal with this heat. <laughs> the two of them walked a few blocks while smiling and nodding to everyone who passed them, occasionally shaking a hand. The street was busy with people, mostly children since the school was out. Young people hung around park benches and lined up at the takeout window, ordering generous portions of fries. Nobody paid the two men any attention, except to occasionally nod toward them with a frown. Oh, here goes the dentist. Glad I won't be seeing him this month, some said, with relief, as they bit into cotton candy and chugged soda in large gulps. At the corner, squeezed between the old post office and a pharmacy, stood the old family restaurant. It was well-loved and respected, like a grandparent, and had been at that spot as long as anyone could remember. It got renovated with each generation, then left as is until the new owner took over, usually within the same family. The seats were outdated and worn, and the tables littered with occasional vandalism that once carved was neglected long enough to be erased through constant use. Despite the dusty old look, the smell in the place was outstanding. Sausages and burgers splattered on a grill, hissing pleasant aromas into the air. Pies were baked and soups made from scratch. It was a place of comforts that seemed warm even on a snowy night. The two men approached a table in the corner, and the man wearing his suit finally took off his jacket and dropped into a chair with slightly damaged upholstery. He did not seem to notice or care the state that the furniture was in. The dentist hovered over his chair, examining and studying it before deciding that it would do and sliding into his seat with utmost care. Do you ever get tired of them, Paul? Dr. Karud asked, while adjusting his big glasses with his long, delicate finger. All those people constantly asking for things. I personally can't stand it. Paul chuckled and wiped the beads of perspiration off his forehead. <laughs> I, I don't notice it anymore, really. I've been a mayor for, what, almost a decade now? It's always the same thing, you know, the, this trouble and that trouble. They, they repeat themselves. All the same people complain and nothing changes. He leaned forward and spoke in a hushed voice. The truth is, we all know things will not change. Year over year, same old people saying same old things and me giving them the same reassurances. And we all know it's just what we say, what we do. It, it's on the surface. Dr. Karut gave Paul a look and smiled, but stayed quiet. 
He picked up a menu and studied it, going through the names of items on the menu, but not really paying any attention. He already knew what he would get. He got the same thing each time. The waitress came to take their order, and Paul barely glanced at her. Well, the usual, he announced, and turned to Dr. Carut, who nodded in agreement. When the waitress was gone, Paul fanned himself with a menu. His white shirt, which looked fresh and immaculate under his jacket, now revealed two revolting stains under each arm. The waitress approached and set two large glasses filled with ice water in front of the two men. She left as Paul spoke. It's great what you're doing for this town, George. I I couldn't be more grateful. These kids, they will have a bright future ahead because of patrons like you. Hey, maybe one of them will be a dentist. (laughs) Think of that. You can be an inspiration. How does that feel? Dr. Carut sat staring at Paul, his face frozen, as if wearing a mask. I sure do hope some of these kids end up a mayor like me, Paul continued. But they do something and and maybe stay here too, start a family. Well, in the cities, not for everyone. Well, I was thinking, um, what about that hospital expansion? Now, a learned man like you, a doctor no less, I'm sure you understand the urgency. What about the hospital, George? The monologue had left Paul breathless, and he grabbed a glass and took several large gulps. Dr. Carut looked on the whole time, his face lacking any emotion or sign of interest. Paul resumed fanning himself with a menu. Dr. Carut yawned. <sighs> I really appreciate you thinking of me, Paul. I do. You see, I just hired a new person in the office. It's not so simple. Oh, come on. Paul cut him off. But you know, if this was your father's, he would have gladly made a contribution. Oh, yeah, oh yes, your father sure would. I, I have known the man for many decades, and he was generous and smart and full of life. Oh, you remind me of him, George. You, you really do. And my God, how he used to speak about you, if only you knew. Paul took another sip of water, while Dr. Carut scratched at his ear absentmindedly. Anyway, I, I thought this would be something you'd appreciate me coming to you like that. You see, I could have asked Leo or Ben even. You know how they like that kind of attention. But I thought, no, I gotta ask you first since it is such an honor and all. You see what I'm saying here, don't you? Paul once again took a big sip of water and drained the glass. He wiped the perspiration off his brow again but resisted the urge to pick up the menu. My father had a much larger practice, Dr. Carut responded quietly. And besides, you don't even get your dental with me anymore. Am I to understand that you now see Dr. Evans? I clearly remember that being mentioned in town. An impacted wisdom tooth, was it? For Maggie? Paul sat back, 
his face slightly flushed. Oh, oh no, no, sir. You have that wrong. I, I would never. In fact, I, in fact, I'm going to go set an appointment. You see, I think I might have a cavity. Uh, and, and I only put it off because I was so busy. The plates of food were placed in front of each man. Paul picked up his utensils, carefully unrolling the napkin. Anyway, I will make an appointment because uh, I'm sure I have a cavity. <laughs> See, Dr. Evans? <laughs> he chuckled and cut into his steak. <laughs> no, sir, thank you very much. <laughs> Dr. Evans. Dr. Carute stirred his soup. His face had no expression whatsoever. I haven't seen Maggie or Mike for a cleaning in over a year. I thought for sure you had switched. All those kids, you know how that is, Paul protested. And anyway, I'm coming in for that cavity, really. Dr. Carute did not say anything. He carefully stirred his soup and blew on it. And, Paul continued, his mouth full. And, uh, who, who did you hire? Mm. 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 A new admin assistant, Dr. Carute answered, just for the summer, while school is out. Don't you already have one? Paul shook the salt dispenser over his fries, and even though nothing came out, he set it down and proceeded to munch on the fries. Maria, or whatever her name is, she ain't working out for you anymore? Hmm. That's the hygienist. It's different from the admin person. I need someone to make all the appointments. Right now, I have to do it. Hmm. Well, who'd you hire? Paul asked, his mouth still full of steak. Tracy, Dr. Carute replied. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Do you mean Margie's girl? That's the one. Dr. Carute put his spoon down and stared at Paul. Very well. I'll be expecting you then. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hello, dear listeners. This is Sarah Shekels, and you might recognize my voice, for I am the great North Witch from last year's holiday story, Sacrifice which you can listen to on stories from the in-between. And if you enjoyed that story, and would like the unique opportunity to see it read live, in person, on Saturday, December 4th, in none other than the historic Salem, Massachusetts, please click the link in the show notes for times and ticket details. Perhaps we will meet, and I can show you some spells. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The dentist's house stood tall and was spacious. It was another town antique. His father had been a dentist, and so had his grandfather. He was raised on tales of teeth and bleeding gums, bad and good dental hygiene, as well as all the anesthetics used throughout the years. The house was of considerable size because it included the practice a large office attached to several rooms, filled with aging dental equipment. Some of it was left to Dr. Carute by his father, and some he had purchased himself, slowly updating his practice. Every day at 8.30, Dr. Carute walked downstairs and into his dining room, past the veranda, where his ancient mother sat in her wheelchair. He walked through the doors, down a long hall, until he ended up at his office. He had done this walk just as his father had, and perhaps even his grandfather, although he had no proof of that, with the house renovated and updated several times. Dr. Carute knew this 8.30 a.m. walk well. In fact, it took exactly 248 steps to reach the waiting area from the dining room, and another 28 to 32 steps to reach his private office, where he would lock his door and work undisturbed each evening. Where were you? A shrill voice, barely audible, came from the veranda. A gray old woman, tiny like a child, sat in a wheelchair with a heavy blanket draped around her despite the heat. George? The voice called out again, this time louder. Georgie, is that you? Dr. Carute paused at the entrance to the veranda, his mind lingering for only a moment, holding on to the number of steps he had walked. It's me, mother. Are you feeling well? The woman motioned to Dr. Carute with her slight pale hand. Come over here where I can see you. It's hard for me to take a look at you when you're all the way down there in the dark. Obediently, Dr. Carute entered the veranda and leaned over the old woman. Are you well today, mother? Have you eaten your lunch? I left it for you in your room. The woman scoffed. I don't need much these days, you know that. I haven't even touched it, the food you gave me. I wish you'd stop pressuring me. You must eat, it's not healthy. Dr. Carute persisted. The old woman lifted up her tiny face and stared at her son. Her eyes were pale, the color drained from them years ago, giving her a prophetic and ancient look. Despite the age, those eyes were still sharp. They narrowed in on the figure in front of them. The woman sighed. Are you off someplace? That's a nice suit. I was at an event, Mother, I told you. 
Paul and I got lunch after. Mm, oh, Paul. Paul, yes, that's right. The woman nodded and smiled. Her ancient face lit up with the recognition of the name. Your father would do that, too. Take lunches with important people. Did you know that? Well, I'm sure you do. I don't know what I'm getting on about these days. It's the weather getting to me. Oh, are you comfortable? Dr. Karut fixed the blanket, tucked it at a random spot by his mother's body, which made little difference. Dr. Karut did not notice, or pretended not to. He's got such nice teeth, that Paul. For a man his age, you'd think he would be wearing dentures. Doesn't he have nice teeth, Georgie? I suppose, Dr. Karut replied and glanced at his watch. He said he will make an appointment to see me. I will know then. Your father used to tell me about his teeth. That was years ago when you were still young. Still very young. Paul doesn't have a single cavity, your father would say. Can you believe it? And I was always jealous of how good those teeth were because mine were always bad. Maybe that's why I went and married a dentist. The woman chuckled. If you are comfortable, I will be going. Dr. Karut responded. The day is not over for me yet. I have two patients to see. He leaned over his mother and spoke softly now. I will be back in a few hours if you need me. The woman in the chair sat motionless for a moment until she got tired and promptly fell into a deep sleep. Dr. Karut walked out and headed for the office again, counting his steps in mind the whole time. This time, it only took 28 steps. On the next episode of Wisdom. Dr. Karut is a bit odd, but but he's a good boss. Mary quickly wiped the counter and pulled out fresh tools. You know, when I first started working here, I was scared of him. (laughs) Mary laughed a quiet little laugh. Such a silly thing. But the comment further unsettled Tracy. Thank you for listening to Wisdom a crawlspace media production of a story from the in-between. Narrated by Danny Scott. Visit me at dannyscottvo.com or on Twitter at dannyscottvo. Music and audio engineering by David Williams. Be sure to visit storiesfromtheinbetweenpodcast.com for all things irrational. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.